Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Skydive Liberation. I'm Kyler Kayanik. I'm Jacob Patty. We are here at Sticks and Tone Studios here in the good old heart of Chattanooga, Tennessee, and we have got our audio engineer, Mr. Drew Beach, over there on, as I've said it before, the keyboards, and we've also added a new addition. Everything went so well with our previous episode that we decided um, we were going to take Farrell on as our video engineer. So, Farrell, why don't you give a, a good hello? Hello! Glad to be here. Here we go, guys. Welcome to the team, Farrell. That's right. <laughs> so, today we've got a fun episode for you. We are going to be talking about licenses and ratings. Yeah, so a lot of people, when they first hear about skydiving or even do their first tandem skydiving, they don't really understand that skydiving is a sport with regulations right. and rules um, and recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> but no, there there is actual order and hierarchy in skydiving that, that kind of just ensures that safety and you know helps skydivers build up in the sport have something to aim towards have goals um and a lot of people you know just start skydiving oh it's just jumping out of a plane and surviving yeah and there's you know we've touched on it before but there's so much more to it than that and if you're doing a tandem like you don't necessarily get all the ins and outs that come with it but you, yeah you, your you, tandem instructor might make a joke uh, right oh he just started last week <laughs> they found me at the gas station <laughs> and you know there's it's it's a little bit tricky and hairy here and there because you've got your ffa that you have to watch out for but you've also got your uspa regulations too so the, and they they go hand in hand but at the same time they they can differ a little bit here and there so we're just kind of going to break that down a little bit step by step from your a license all the way through your d and some other ratings that you can get along the way yeah so when you first start skydiving um you you hear of aff which is accelerated freefall that's just the general program that gets you in the air um we touched about that on our baby birds episode yeah so that that's not a that's not a licensing or rating that that is just a uh, it's it's more of like a program or tool that gets you in the air get and gets you ready for your A license. Right, because AFF is and it kind of differs depending on where you're at, but it's going to be that first seven eight jumps. Yeah, and, and you also TDS, you know, static line. There's right, lots there's, of ways to get you ready for those first twenty five. Yeah, exactly. Um, and but, so we'll we'll start with that that A license. So the first thing you're in the sport, you did your tandem. Um, now we're going to go into that, that first license, the A license. And we kind of touched on it with our Baby Birds episode, walking you through the Cat A, Cat B, and, and so on from jump 1 to 25. But now we're going to get into what exactly the A license means and allows you to do. Yeah, and what it really meant to us. I yeah, mean, absolutely. And what it could mean for you. Right. Um, so we talk about liberation a lot, getting that first bright and shiny a the stamp on your forehead it was yeah it was oh. it was big for me and i know it was i think it's big for everybody that's in the sport you know and we celebrated that day when i got my a license and it was oh, yeah that and moment it's it's so incredible so i i know most drop zones do this um but you after you get your a license and we'll go back in more into the requirements but they give you this big stamp Right on your forehead. <laughs> right on the forehead. And, and it just has the AUSPA uh, I wore license. that shit proudly. Oh, I was so sad. So I was packing. I was like middle September. I was so fucking tired. We were running like 20 or 30 tandems. I was packing each. Um, yeah, tiring day. So afterwards, I got the stamp, all right? Back on the packing mat. Right. Um, and a lot of my packing, I used my head to balance things, and it was wiped off by the fourth tandem. Oh, I was man. so sad about it, but I got a picture. It was... See, I'm glad, because I wore mine for like three days straight. People are like, what the, what the fuck's on your forehead? That's my license, yeah, it's bitch. It's not Ash Wednesday, is it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, I was so proud of that shit. Yeah, so, um, and we celebrated out afterwards. That yeah, was fun, but, yeah. Um, Getting that A, you know, there's a lot of misunderstanding, like we kind of touched on. Mm. A lot of people think when you finish AFF, you can go start jumping at other drop zones. And that's not the case. That is not the case. Um, now, you can pick back up AFF, and that's something, you know, you'd have to work out with whatever drop zone you're going to be at. Right. Um, but 
once you finish AFF, we kind of talked about you do your first solo, you start getting out alone, um, and you start doing your coach jumps. Right, and you start working on a lot of different things. So, you know, we touched on it before where you're doing, you're now in your coach jumps, you're doing your, your tracking, your docking, your fall rate, which I'm still working on my fall rate. In fact, Farrell and I did a jump um, this past weekend, or not this past weekend, but the weekend before, where... I was still working on fall because I'm yeah. still not there. And you can still do coach jumps after your license. Always. You can always do coach jumps. Um, it's it's a sport that's always about learning and getting better. Oh, but, yeah. you know, when you're under a canopy, um, we'll kind of touch on it here in just a second, but that's, you know, when, when you get your AFF, and you've done a little bit of practice under canopy now, but as you're working towards that A license, there's things you need to be able to do, obviously, in the sport. So AFF, you cover your, your like Jacob said, your advanced free fall. Um, and the techniques and stuff that you can do while you're in that. And then when you're under canopy, you're also going to be working on things like your turns, your brake turns, um, landing yeah, patterns and whatnot. Landing patterns. Um, you know, you might work on some other things. So you can't really do formation jumps with other A-licensed skydivers. That's yet. right. You're, yeah, you're not allowed to jump until you have your A-license uh, with other skydivers. But if you have a coach, you right. can jump with other people who have their coach ratings. And mm-hmm. the coach rating is something we're going to get into in a bit. But I know people who have done hybrids before they are A licensed just because they were doing it with coaches. Mm-hmm. Or if that person's heads up enough. So don't feel like, oh, I don't have my license yet. I can't really have fun. I can't really like experience this sport. You definitely can, especially if you know you want to work on specific things or you want to work towards things. If you have coaches around you, you know, work with them, do jumps with them, get you ready for your A license. Absolutely, and, and while you're doing it, you know, always be asking questions, always be in, in, inquisitive, ask questions about how can I get better? What am I doing wrong in certain things? How could I work a little bit? better at something i know it's like i can do this but you know you can always get better at what you're doing oh and that's that's the thing and everyone it'll be like in skydiving wants to talk about skydiving and everyone wants to share their knowledge right um and that that is something you do have to be careful with don't go to everyone you, you don't want to go to everyone get their opinion because you're going to get so many different opinions that are actually it's going to hurt you you can easily get information overload oh yeah especially and, with packing that's what i've found oh, and we yeah. could do a whole episode on packing and we probably will now, a good thing to do is if you have a specific coach or someone you specifically respect in the sport it'd be good to stick with them as your main coach while you're working through your a license um, but you can also still go do other jumps with coaches, or you might go do another jump with an AFFI, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's good to learn I, and I, like a concept or a structure for how to skydive from one person. Yeah. That way, once you really start to get it, and the same goes with packing, once you really start to get it, then you can start branching out. Oh, what if I try this? You just you want to learn how to walk before you start learning how to skip or, you know. Or run. Or, or run. Or, yeah. or and that's kind of how it was for me. And, I, <laughs> you know? and we talked about this earlier today. We were just talking back and forth. And it's like, you know, when, when we started learning, or our packing methods is kind of a combination of everybody that we kind of started with. One person might teach you to pack in the beginning, but within a month's time, you might have be doing four different methods in the same thing. So you yeah, just, just kind of take... adding ideas yeah. together. What works best for you? And right. that, that's what's it's going to be like doing your A license, you know? Um, it, it really helps to jump with other people, but don't just, don't just like take knowledge from everyone and start using it. You really have to figure out what works and to figure out what works. You have to try it for a while. You You have have to to stick with it. Yeah. You got to experiment with one kind of, I studied chemistry in college and what I was taught in college is like, okay, if we're doing an experiment, we're going to run that experiment several times the same way over and over no differentiation we're going to run it so we know exactly how it works and the extremes that come with it on both sides because there's always going to be those um abnormalities you know you're going to have your your how it's going to go for the most part each time but you're going to have extremes in it and if you start adding other variables in it it's going to throw everything off so you want to stick to the same kind of plan for a little bit yeah and and you'll you'll start to figure out if that's good or not so um when I was regularly going to the wind tunnel, I was really getting Mantis down. I wasn't playing box, like, at all. I was just trying to get Mantis. And it, it wasn't until I had a uh, iFly instructor kind of pull me aside. He's like, you're doing really well on that. Why are you flying that way? 
And I was like, well, I'm, I'm small, I'm tiny, I have to fly that way to get down to people. He's like, absolutely, you should not. You do not have to do that. That is, you, if you're flying right, you don't, you can fly in box. And then I was, that kind of changed my world. And I was like, okay. But had I not been doing Mantis, I, I wouldn't have really thought about the idea of flying box so well that, mm-hmm. you know, you're, it's almost like you're flying with a weight belt. Yeah. Just how arched you are and how yeah. you fly with your body. And it right. really gets you, um, it gets you ready for new shit. Right. Yeah. Um, to kind of get back on, on the course, like for your A license. So you go from that AFF, graduated from that to the coach jumps, and you start doing those and you're learning a little bit more. What exactly does it mean once you're A-licensed? What does that allow you to do? Yeah, so once you're A-licensed and you've taken your tests and everything, um, you Right, because there is... Yeah, you get you get to that 25 mark, and you do have to take an actual written test. Yeah, and it's, I believe, like 30 questions or 40 questions. I think it was 50. Uh, something around there. Um, I think it was 50 questions. Yeah, and I remember, you know, one of the questions was, you know, why do you not want to do a very fast toggle turn Um, right yeah just things like that that you'll you'll experience while you're doing skydiving oh yeah Um, but once once you get that a you can start jumping with other skydivers right you're allowed a license and b license skydivers and that's for me that's when the fun like really began i loved jumping you know everything up until that point but once once i was able i got my a license and i could start jumping with other people Man, that's when so much fun begins because oh, you're just yeah. doing some gnarly shit. And and the big the big thing is, um, so for me when I first did, uh, I think it was jump twenty six. I did a high pole with Farrell. That was my like, holy shit, this is amazing! I can't believe I'm licensed. I can like, wow, I can do a high pole. You can pull from up here. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that was amazing. Uh, but for me, it wasn't as fun getting my license as I thought it would be because you start jumping with other people who are like 26 jumps to 35 jumps so you start jumping with them and if you aren't doing linked exits which I was very prideful I wanted to learn how to you know dive out or do the camera spot and then meet back up together in this guy you're not going to get docs <laughs> you're jumping with other people you're both going to be backsliding you might be like 40 feet away from each other <laughs> yeah. in in my experience with the formation jumps it's going to go to shit oh it's like a, nine times out of door. ten at least for those first i don't know if it would be the 50 or 100 mark but when you're jumping with other people that are also recently licensed everything's just going to go to shit like i talked about before with my 26 and that was that was my pre-second formation jump Good God, just went to shit right off the bat. Yeah, and, and it's, it, I mean, I'm in my 70s now, and I'm, now, things are starting to click. Well, and, you know, like, Especially we've had... Especially with other people. Yeah, and us at the, at our DZ here in Chattanooga, we've been, all of us that are recently licensed have been jumping together for months now, and we're starting, you know, we learn how each other fly well, and whatnot. Yeah, and, and you, you do that really, like, subconsciously. You do, yeah. Um, and and we're, I think we're all... You know, together we're really, really making a great community, and we're learning how each other fly, and it's going really, really well to the point where we went from doing, you know, our exits were just right off the hill, were just absolute shit. Yeah. And, I, but I now mean, you might you might have that person who you just fucking vibe with and yeah. you fly really good. Bree and I, from fucking day one, we were vibing and we were getting like we were flying just right by each other. We That's were able awesome. to get docks. We were able to have the same exact fall rate. That's great. It, it, you might just click with that one person. See, and I hadn't gotten that yet. But then um, I think I think it was with me. It was either with Bud and Bree, or it was with I think it was Bud and Bree that I did a formation jump, and we left, and the exit was just so great. I was in the plane; they were on the out outer part of, it, and we exited. And it was the the only stable jump, you know, formation jump I had to that point that was just super stable and everything went super, super well. And, like, that was an incredible, incredible feeling. And then the very next jump was with you and Matt. Now, my visor fucking went off, so it turned to shit. But oh, we yeah. had an incredible jump. It was amazing. We all just, like, I, so we were set up, I believe. Um, I was the, you and the camera rear floater. Yeah. Um, Matt, Matt was, was the front floater, and you were at the door. Yep. Um, so my job was to swing both of you out. Right, and I'm pushing. Of. 
you're pushing you're pushing in the, just the right way with like your knee tuck. Yeah, you get, when you when you're in the in that door position when you when you exit one, you need to be pushing everybody out. And then when you exit, you need to have them knees to your ass. Oh yeah. Or just one knee, you know. It's, yeah. It, 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 it's just enough to block that so you don't catch the wind and flip us. Right. Um, but that was incredible. We swung around. We and, did. And by the time we were, like, almost halfway out the door, we were out the door we just We were already a stable. Bit. We were stable, and I was in where the we were just already spinning. Yeah. No, and it was, it, was, it was great. I couldn't see shit, but it felt incredible. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was amazing. It was amazing. Matt didn't even notice, but... Um, no, that's just the the type of stuff. You're not going to get that when you first start skydiving. No. When you're like in 20s or your 30s. That wasn't even, that was probably my 35th jump. That's really good. But yeah. I was also with you guys, and you guys were already in your 60s. Yeah, but you, I mean, what you did was really impressive. Not a lot of people are going to remember, oh, I need to tuck my knee, oh, I need to push, I need to stay tight. And most people would, you know, when they're first doing first jumps like that, they yeah. would flip us. Um, I flipped a formation jump like multiple times just because I, you just forget to tuck a knee or you're like, you're so fucking in it. Yeah. You forget you to just do, do whatever or you flip it or one person breaks off. Like yeah. I had a formation jump with three bud and, uh, myself and we jumped out. It was a similar thing. We were kind of lined up instead of someone at the door. But when we spun around somehow, Bud and I were on our belly, but Bree was linked on, on her back. And so I was somehow <laughs> in the way of it. She kind of flipped, and uh, that was probably because of me. And one of us, you know, didn't. Yeah, and it, it can happen so easily, too. Yeah, All it, it takes is one small thing. But even if that happens, it's still going to be a great skydive. Even even the ones that went to shit right off right off the hill, you know what I mean? We're still so fucking great. fun. Yeah, and honestly, it's it's... It just creates a different experience, and it's so much fun. And, you know, that's something I struggled with. Like, I was really fucking frustrated. Um, so I would do jumps like that, and I, I'm i a bit of a perfectionist, so I'd be like, damn it, I feel like I, I'm wasting my money, I'm wasting my time, I'm wasting my skill, I need, to, I need to work harder, I need to push myself, I need to always be pushing, I can't just do jumps that go to shit. And, you know, that I think it's jump, all part of the experience, you it know? It is, jump like 50 or 60 i started realizing these are my best jumps yeah well when everything goes to shit this is the most fun i learn the most yeah you know it's well it's just like in 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 life you know what i mean you're not going to get better unless you fail you know all the all the best inventor inventors how many times did they have to fail before they finally got their invention more than we even know yeah exactly you know i mean it, it takes dozens or hundreds of times to 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 really get something and perfect it and and that's just it's it's in skydiving it's in all of life yeah it takes time to perfect something and you're going to have those failures but i would argue that those failures are what make everything better and are honestly the best parts of it because you're not going to gain anything Absolutely. unless you fail first and even and skydiving's they makes a lot of failing i couldn't i couldn't even say that they're failures though i don't look at it that way you know there's yeah, no it depends what you define as failure yeah there i see i don't consider them failures they're just more experiences in it and you gain something from each time so while you you know it might be oh okay it was a failed jump we didn't get what we wanted to we didn't reach the goal that we wanted to you still learn something so i would i would not consider that a failure yeah so set set goals for yourself you know that aren't so fucking stringent you only have 25 jumps jesus that's chill another out. thing take a breath and we <laughs> have to remind ourselves of that too like we're both sub 100 jumps yeah. there's so that's so little time it's so little I, time. Just I just reached an hour yeah you just minutes. hit an hour of free fall time i'm just reached over a half hour of free fall time that's so so little you know and they say if you want to become a um what is it a master of something in a sport or, or 10,000 yeah it's like 10,000 hours or something you've literally got half an hour you've got an hour of something oh yeah so we don't even know you know, if you look at the history of skydiving, how many skydivers actually got 10,000 hours? And Yeah, I, I, um, I would argue that probably 75% of all skydivers never even reached that point, oh, if not yeah. more. Yeah, so the thing is, it's like, how much does this sport have to give? And yeah, exactly. How much can be given to I don't think, sport? yeah, and that's why I don't think there's any failure in it. I no. think it's, it's all just education and experience, and it all just makes you a better jumper. We're all jumper. figuring this out. Like, right, like and we're doing it together, us. and that's what's great about it. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, so, yeah, don't be too hard on yourself once you get your A, uh, because soon enough, 
you're gonna start yeah. your uh, you're gonna start working on some stuff for your B. Yeah, and so and I'll give a little bit about mine. So I started working on my B even before I got my A. I did the water training with Jake. Um, I think I did it with Chuck May, and there was one you other person. Did, you were the day after us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. you did it with Matt and Bree the day before, and, and then the and next Abigail, day. Abigail, yeah. And Abigail, okay. The next day I did it with May. Chuck and I want, there was one other person and I don't remember who it was. Um, so we and that's that's part of your B. Um, why don't we walk through that? So what all do you have to do? You got your A, um, and that allows you, you. So another thing is when you get your A, you're now allowed to jump in in all sorts of winds. Mm-hmm. While that may not be recommended, yes. Um, if it's if it's a windy day, and we had an, an episode like that this past weekend. I didn't I was didn't come to jump, but I did come to the DZ and I stopped by. But y'all were ready to jump. Yeah, and I mean, Wizard even was like, this is like some D-licensed shit. Right. You don't want to fuck around with this. Oh, there was crosswinds and gusts, and it was just, it was bad. And that just gets dangerous when you're doing it, especially when you're a newer skydiver. Big canopies. Right. Um, Yeah. So, water training, what is that? So, that's a little different for a lot of places. I don't think a lot of places have like a exact what water training is. Mm -hmm. You basically just have to be under canopy. You have to jump into the water. Um... You gotta remove your chest strap, and you, you want to remove your chest strap when you're before out, you're coming into your landing. Before you start your landing, yeah, yeah. You open up your chest strap and you take it all the way off. Right. Um, that way you're prepared, and you loosen your leg straps. That's way like you know, okay, I'm gonna be landing in water. Yeah. And that's dangerous in itself in a lot of ways. And you know, like you're not gonna be able to judge how high the water is. There's so many different ways. So some places, you know, you just jump, you get in the harness, you get everything up, they throw your canopy up in the air, and you jump off a 10-foot diving board. Right. Some places, they literally take it seriously, and you, you, you land into the water. Yeah. You do a jump, walk, jump straight into the water. You got to repack your reserve, do the whole fucking nine yards. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that's just the... It, it, it gives you the same idea. Right. It's, it's the same. It's roughly the same situation across um, the board. So you get out of your canopy underwater. Um, and then you got to get... Swim deep under and go forwards. Yeah. yeah when, when you do the water training, once you're in the water, your chest strap's gone, you've loosened your leg straps. The idea is you point yourself down and you want to swim out and away from your canopy because if you just go straight up, dangerous. You don't want to do that. There's not going to be any oxygen under that canopy and you can end up asphyxiating yourself. One thing to note is if you are far out there, like let's say you're jumping at like Sebastian or some mm-hmm. places, or like, like any, I don't know Hawaii, um, yeah, you can use your uh, uh, your rig as a flotation device. It will work as a flotation device. It's made to um, be used as a flotation device for a short little bit. Yeah, two minutes uh, for the flotation. Two minutes. Yeah, there you go. Hey, Farrell, can you come in and explain that a little bit more? benefits of having a, we're, we're gonna let our, our our video engineer explain a little bit more about it oh yeah hey what's up guys so um yeah but once the uh, water starts saturating up in there then you really don't have any air to give you that buoyancy so after about two minutes it's gonna start sinking so uh the best advice if you know you're gonna land off over water try to fly near a shore or something or a boat or anything in the water, a boy, uh, any any kind of thing that you can um, latch onto after you land. Yeah. Maybe you, you might not be able to swim after you land. You might yeah, break your right. ankle. Right, you might be. Out. Who knows? Yeah, you could yeah. be out there. Yeah, you could be injured because you never know what's under the water either. And that's one thing that you they taught us. You never know what happened training. up there. Yeah, that's right. There's there's a lot of different variables that can come when you're doing your water training and whatnot, and you got to be prepared for that. So like Farrell's saying, you know. Be near something that you can hold on to. Um, and, and again, you want to get out and away from that canopy because as it gets saturated, like Farrell was saying, it's going to start to sink on you. And you don't want to be under it when it happens. Now, and that's, that's one of the things you need to know when you're doing your B license. So you have to do water training to do your B license. And then you also have to do a canopy course, so we'll probably talk yeah. on that next. One thing I did even before I got my B, which was I honestly think is a great thing to do before you get your B, is to sit in on a um, an AFF first jump course. So I, I didn't do that. That's I did a good that idea. with uh, Eden. Um, we had Megan. Megan was on her AFF, um, so I sat in during her AFF 
uh, first jump course, and um, I helped with I helped with one of the uh, the canopy skills part. So helping her figure out like oh, what are the EPs. When should you do EPs? We have like the practice pictures and everything. Um, so yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Um, and I, I think that's just a really good way for you to kind of refresh your skills after you get your A, uh, so that when your B hits, you're you're really ready to get into that canopy training. No, and that's good, and that's something I need to do work on a lot is my canopy. You like we did that high pole two weekends ago, and that really was. A big thing for me because it made me realize wow I'm way behind and everybody else in under canopy <laughs> yeah well I was lucky to get to go on a high pole on my 26 jump so I was working on canopy skills and like the type of canopy skills since that jump so I've yeah. been trying to push it and now I I don't, I don't I don't know how many spins I did I did way over like a 2100 or something <laughs> like I was just going oh you were like, busting ass on this last one uh, yeah I was gonna try to get down to you and there's just there was no point because you were booking it yeah but once you uh once you do that canopy training you you kind of go into like the ideas that you don't really touch during aff and you don't right. really want to like overwhelm someone on an a license like recovery arcs like what is that you well know? and and you know using your risers your front and your back that's another thing that and, and you, they're you do very that for your a a little bit but when you get to that canopy course is when you like really work on it yeah you work on exactly how it works you yeah what do your back risers do what do your front risers do and when you're doing high pulls you know and you're doing formation high pulls that that's something you're gonna fucking use all the time so like you want to get up to someone a little bit you just like pump the rears a little bit and you can feel yourself getting up to them because they're kind of coming down and you meet level um but you're not gonna like teach someone that in aff because that's just it's, it's a little too advanced it's too advanced it's it's overwhelming you might they might use that knowledge and try to take it and put it somewhere else that yeah. might injure them like right. just the other day i was like oh man uh how would you do a full flare on um when you on your rear risers what happens if you're like toggles get stuck or how would you do that mm -hmm. and so i just learned how to do that the other day but imagine you you tell someone oh yeah you can use your rears they might try to do that on landing for the first time yeah, you know you can get into some really hairy situations by giving a little bit too much information to start with yeah so you, you really got to be careful with that but you get to go into a lot more of that stuff on your canopy course the canopy right. course was like three hours right right exactly and then you know you get to things like your risers and stalls stalls is another one that we practiced in, in not the, a lot of people stall do stalls or practice stalls you have to do it for your a and that's a totally different experience when you stall your canopy yeah you love that jello feeling <laughs> don't you <laughs> so like when you you do a stall you basically go into a flare and you f keep pushing you hold you it hold, hold it, that shit you, you feel it and you start to kind of you feel the canopy kind of going unstable and you fall back a little bit and you feel it like starting to turn into jello and then you just fall right and then you and this is the thing about when you're doing stalls is you don't want to just throw your risers back up or your your brakes you do not want to do it immediate you it's a slow you want to let them slowly back up if you do it too quick you can end up throwing yourself in the line twist in your canopy. see jimmy yeah. told us to do that on on the high pull that we so did and i totally hard. forgot to do it but it's, you know, and I feel like it's a lot with, with being under canopies. You yeah. never want to make super, super quick things. Everything should be, you know, a smooth, controlled, um, whether it's a turn or, or like the helicopter that you're saying or, you know. Um, like, no, um, you don't want to whip your toggles. You might, right, Your canopy, yeah. you, you, when you start getting smaller even, that's that's even more important. So, your canopy is going to do those inputs before it even can like bring those inputs to you. Right. Small inputs is the way to go. You never want to do large, large inputs. Until you really know your canopy and know how fast and far you can push it. Right. So like I like the sapphires more than like saber. See. Because yeah. I, I can whip it a little bit. Right. You know I don't I don't have to be so smooth and gentle. I could just pull it and go. You know? Right. And see I'm more I'm more into the sabers. But and that's all personal preference, and you get that as you develop in the sport. You learn what canopies you like and what you don't. And we're gonna do a whole episode on canopies. Yeah, coming up soon. Right. Um, 
But so, and then there's the long spot that you have to do in your canopy course. Oh yeah, that one's that yeah. was that was fun. <laughs> we you tell that Jacob one. and I did our canopy course together, and we did our long spot together as well. And we ended up dropping out a little further than we normally would. Um, I think we were we we were like push. We were between. We were way over three miles. I know that um, because we were past the highway, uh, and we were good ways past the highway. <laughs> yeah, so we're we're at least three miles out. Probably and, like four or something. Right, and when you're doing your canopy course, so these are all going to be hop and pops. Yeah, hop and pops at 6,500. Right, exactly. And we're over three miles out with wind pushing against us. <laughs> yeah, and the high, so the long spot's <laughs> supposed to be two miles out. Everything was just totally against us. Now, Jacob made it. I did. But Barely. I, I did a really bad thing. Don't do this, guys. I cross a runway at 150 feet. Not supposed to do that. Really? Don't. Mm, yeah, that you're, was. You're not supposed to cross the runway under, what is it, 1,000 foot? Under 1,000 feet, yeah. yeah. And But that's the thing. Like, I was so rigorous about avoiding the runway at 1,000 feet that when I'm doing a long spot, yeah. I didn't think, oh, yeah, there's a fucking runway right there. I, right. Yeah. No, and you just wanted to make it back to the DZ, and I. And it, yeah, but I, I, what I should have done is I should have done a left turn because I was still up at 100 feet when I was 150 feet when I was going to. So I could have easily, I could have easily just done a turn in the green and then just landed to the side of the runway. I didn't have to cross it, but my adrenaline was pumping. You don't think. And that that's why you're doing these whole things. Like, it's okay to make mistakes. You might not get signed off. You might have to redo it. But it's okay to make mistakes because you're never going to learn it that way. I'm never going to have anything like that happen to me i'm not going to cross a runway at 150 feet because right. that's how a lot of people die and that goes back to the whole like there's not necessarily any failures there's just educational situations oh yeah and a lot of a lot of that in skydiving is you just you gotta fuck around to find out right you know? yeah uh yeah so jacob technically made it back he did something he wasn't supposed to do um but he at least made it back i however was at a thousand foot and was like um, I'm so there's a tree line at our DZ. Um, probably about what 40 50, it's probably more like 100 foot away from the, the runway. Yeah, I don't know what the, it, it what was, the measurements like, are. You, you were like 40 feet away, yeah. And so I decided, yeah, I'm, I'm not even gonna try to make it. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do my regular landing pattern at a thousand foot. This is a good point. I picked a nice field where there's no barbed wire or fences or anything or trees that I got to watch out for. It's just a nice open field and I landed it down in there. So that was also my um, pre-second off landing, uh, yeah. which Farrell, thank you for calling me out for. That was a beer moment <laughs> for me. Um, <laughs> um, well, actually, one, one reason why I figured out why I made it back and you didn't, I was on a sapphire. Sapphires are rated for... Um, like long spots and they're rated to have like a lot more of a glide than a saber mm -hmm. is i don't know if i was on the saber then you, i you were on the saber 2210 okay i, I don't remember if i was if i jumped that vector or... the sabers have a bit more of a pitch to them yeah they're not really rated for long spots like in mm -hmm. the same way like a sapphire is so that's why i made it back and you didn't because um, my canopy didn't have as much pitch. Even though I was on a 150, um, my canopy, it wasn't as pitched as yours. Okay, well, that makes that makes more sense. But, you know, it's it's still an, a great experience, and, you know, you got to get that first one out of the way, and it's something that every skydiver goes through. You're all, There's always going to be that off-landing, and it'll happen as you continue in the sport. You, there's always going to be one here and there where it's like, okay. Yeah, I just... I've, I've never landed off of the airport. I've landed in front of the hangar a couple times, literally like two times. Yeah, um, I did that. And I guess you can call that an off landing, but like really, you'll you'll get you'll get really off landings where you're all a mile off. Or well, there was um, <laughs> some. I, I think it was Matt that was talking about um, last week or the weekend before. He did his canopy course at Skydive Tennessee, and he's like, people were landing in a Walmart he's parking like, lot. Landing in fucking Walmart. Yeah, he, and he's like, there's experienced jumpers that are landing off by like miles it just it, it's those days you know it's a lot of winds can be doing different things up higher than they are lower and it can totally throw you off but the canopy course itself is something that you have to do in order to get to your b so you have to do your water training your canopy course um, again you're going to have to take another written test to get your b license now the b license comes 
with 50 jumps. So your A license, you're going to get it with 25 jumps if you do everything for it. Your B license, you're going to get with your 50 jump mark. And if you do, you know, all the ratings and everything that you have to do beforehand, like the canopy course and the water training. But what does it allow you to do once you have your B? Yeah, so now you can really start getting into skydiving. So you can start doing helicopter jumps. You can do hot balloon, uh, air balloon jumps. Basically, any specialty aircraft mm. jumps out of specialty. You can do night aircraft. jumps too, right? Night jumps. So you got to have that front, um, that front red, the back green, mm. the um, uh, I don't remember how many lumens you have to have it be, but you know you can do night jumps. Uh, is that recommended when you're fifty? Probably not. I would probably say not. It gives you the yeah. ability, and right. I, you know, a lot of people don't get theirs right at fifty. Like I was being really lazy about it. Honestly, I just didn't send out my paperwork. I have it done, and I was at jump seventy-five when I got my B. Mm-hmm. Um, so, fun fact, guys: Jacob just got his B license. I did. Just got it. So, congrats to Jacob. Big round of applause for him. Yeah. It was, Big news. It, it honestly didn't really feel like anything to me, but because um, I I had already been doing this stuff and I just forgot to like put out the paperwork, yeah. so it was like cool <laughs> awesome but i went out went to a rave afterwards it was a, an amazing night I, honestly it was um getting my b that day was really special to me that's awesome yeah especially since you got to celebrate and i'm nine jumps away so i just hit 41 jumps i'm nine away from my b i plan to get my b right at the 50 jump mark um i still have a few more formation jumps to do and i got to take the test but i've done everything um prior um, requisites or whatever you want to call them that I have to Pretty do. Prerequisites. <laughs> yeah, those two. Um, um, so I'm coming up on that, and we'll both be B licensed. Um, but then, at, you know, after your B, there's there's still more to do. So now we're going to get into our C license. Or what we can do touch first co trading. Okay. Yeah, because you can get that at 100. That's a better idea. Um, so that's something I'm like getting really close to start getting yeah. ready for it so, so i've done i've sat in on two um two for jumps courses so i'm yeah I'm so getting there after that b so you've hit this this 50 jump mark you've done everything then you can actually go for your your coach rating oh yeah and that you can do that at 100 jumps right yeah so um at 100 jumps you can become a coach you know there's a whole process to it um it's like a three-day course you have to do so many jumps with like uh, people who are playing good students and bad students. Um, I've heard Jimmy is a terrible student. Oh yeah, but I, I mean, who if if you're at that point, I, I would be the worst fucking student. I'd put all my shoes backwards. <laughs> uh, but because that's just kind of fun. Um, but the the once you start getting your coach, then you can start doing coach jumps and you can start coaching people and start working with people. It, it's sort of get, it's it's kind of like getting your B. You know, you, you get your B, you can do a little bit more. You have to go more in-depth to mm-hmm. stuff that you touch on in your B that you don't really touch on in your A. It's the same with coach. You just keep going into things. You go over that safety aspect a lot more. You go over, you know, what you got to do when you're checking someone. Or, right, and there's, a, there's even a lot just to that, just to checking somebody beforehand. And we do it all together. You know, you always want to have somebody check you if, if not one or two people before you get on the plane even if you've checked yourself thoroughly and you know you've done everything right you still want to get checked once or twice yeah so you can get that at 100 now should you get it at 100 um i don't know you should you should really you get only you are gonna know when you're ready i'm not ready yet so i'm not gonna start until like i think we, we just had a course here at the Chattanooga Skydiving Company, and yep. I think we're going to be having a course here in a couple months or so. That's when I'm going to do it, because I'll probably be getting close to 150 by then. Mm-hmm. Um, it I, I, I'd be a bit more ready then. Right now, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to put someone else's, like, not really their lives in my hands, but I'm, I'm not really ready to be a coach yet. Right, and, and that's how I feel like it should be you know everybody should present themselves as they're developing in the sport you know you want to be cautious about everything you do because it still is a very very dangerous sport and you never want to get too um i don't want to say ignorant but confident yeah you don't want to have too big of an ego when you're doing it because again you are still doing a very dangerous thing at the same time you have to be 
extremely confident in everything you're doing, um, I, I think you should really know what you're doing. Yeah, you should be more than proficient in everything you're doing with the sport before you decide, you know, okay, I think I'm ready to start coaching other people yeah. and, and working them through it. You want to know that, you know, you're more than proficient in everything. You're more than confident in everything that you're doing before you can start giving other people advice. And we kind of touched on that a little bit earlier. Like, you can get information overload really, really easily by listening to so many people right off the bat. Who are telling you different things, telling you things that are against the manufacturer, telling you, you just, you got to be careful on what you, who you choose to listen to. And right. And there's, you know, you can learn something from everybody, whether it's good or bad. You can always learn things from it. But especially when you're getting like your coach rating and you're going to start teaching other people, you want to know that you're sound and everything that you're doing and the information that you can provide somebody else. Absolutely. And I, I think... Once you get that coach, you know, some people might not, not want to ever get their coach rating. Yeah. And, that's and fine. see, that's one thing for me is, you know, I know you guys work in skydiving. That's what you guys do for me. You know, I started skydiving and it's something that I just I did for me because that's my liberation. That's my escape and what I do. And I don't know if I ever want to make it something that's like, okay, I'm, I'm making money from it and turn it into a career. I love the sport and I'll never stop. But is it something that I want to, you know, proceed in where I'm doing things for other people? I, I don't know yet. It's There's a very, very good possibility we'll get to that point. But for now, you know, I I don't see myself at 100 jumps wanting to be a coach yet. And maybe further on down the road, that's, that's it. And I know you want to get your coach rating. I know Matt's working towards getting his coach rating as well. Yeah, and that's, but Matt, Matt, Matt was even with me. We were both at like, we're going to get it at 100. We're going to do it. And Matt's like, I'm going to wait to 200. I'm going to give it some time. And I feel like that's a sobering thing for a lot of people because you realize, you know, man, we're still just, as we talked baby about birds. before, we're still baby birds in this sport, man. And to, to to be teaching other people that early on is um, it's kind of a, a awakening moment when you realize, you know, I've still got so much that I need to learn in this sport. Yeah, and, I, you know, like I could probably go and be a coach and I could, I could give a lot and I could teach someone a lot. But at the same time, I'd like to be me at a hundred percent. Like yeah. I'd like yeah. to be there when I'm when I'm there. Yeah. You know. And that's and that's a great um, way to think about it. And so if you don't go for your coach right away, you might you're gonna hit your other marker first, which is your C right. license. Yeah. And there's you know, and that's the cool thing about skydiving is no matter how many jumps you have, there's no pressure to do things. It's like you don't have to get your B license at fifty jumps. You don't have to get your coach license at hundred. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to do more than a couple tandem. Yeah, you, you don't have to do anything. You, there's recommendations and there's things you can do, and it all depends on what you're into and what you want to do in the sport. You know, we have, I would say the three of us, um, Drew's not there yet in skydiving. We're working on that. But, you know, for us, it's it's like we got into the sport, and we want to do so much with it. And I know Farrell's way ahead of us. Um, in that he, you know, he's already a coach and everything, and he's going to be working towards his AFFI. And you know, we all have goals in the sport, but they they can differ, and that's what's beautiful about it is you don't have to do anything. Yeah. And um, it all depends on what your goals are in the sport and what you want it to do for you, because it can do everything for you, or it can do, you know, just a little bit for you. Yeah, it's it's whatever you need it to be. Right. And so right right around where you get that two hundred jumps, you start working on your C license. Mm hmm. Um, now, I don't really know too much of the requirements, but again, it's just another step up. Right. You keep pushing into things. Uh, once you've covered everything in your B and you really get it confident in it, you probably already have your coach, you might not. Um, then you start working on your C, um, and with your C, you get um, a bit more fun. So now you can start wingsuiting. You now can, you can yeah, start you can base do. jumping if you want. So I think... Um, and if just you want, <laughs> you can camera flying as well. Camera yeah. flying. So they well, actually, from what I was told recently, is actually they moved camera flying to three hundred. Yeah. Yeah, you still got you have your seat. Right. Yeah. Recommendation there. Um, and that's that's kind of the cool thing is you know, there's not necessarily set laws that you have to do. Um, they're all sort of recommendations in the yeah, sport. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things you can get signed off by an SNTA. Um, yeah, and actually, and to get technical, hey guys, it's Farrell again. Um, <laughs> the FAA has all the laws that we have to follow, and the USPA is like a private, it's like a club where they put out guidelines and suggestions just to keep you on the right track. 
Yeah, and the USBA is what you're getting your licensing from, not the FAA. Um, but um, so you get your C. Uh, what you what can you do next? Once you hit 360 jumps, technically you can get your AFFI. You can get your instructor rating. Right. Uh, and that's and that's big because that allows you to do other things like you can do check dives for people that are getting their A license and whatnot. Yeah, uh, it, there's a lot that comes with that instructor rating and a lot of respect um, and a lot of fucking work you have to go to. Yeah, there's a, <laughs> and and that's the thing about like every rating you get, every license you get, it double folds. What you yeah, like know. you've got you know you've got to do other courses that are revolved around it you've got to take your test and everything there's a lot of training that's involved and a lot of people looking over you and making sure you're ready for it right yeah uh but then after 360 so you're getting close to 500 and that 500 you get your last license the d license the d license not the dick license but <laughs> <laughs> not the d card uh but uh feral do you have anything to maybe add on how you got your uh, D? Um, not not exactly. Um, you know, it, it just took a long time, a lot of dedication uh, to jumping. Uh, as a packer, I would jump first load and last load mainly. Um, that's when nothing needed to be packed, and I could kind of take those first and last loads to jump. So that's how I got my jump numbers up pretty quick. I'd always be on first load, last load, and just, you know, just dedication to the sport and make your way up and eventually you'll hit 500 and and you can jump in some, you know, more serious wind conditions, but, you know, I even, even I, I know some people who have their D licenses and they haven't been in too many extreme wind circumstances. And I wouldn't even go to say that I, I I have that experience either, really. I don't have much of it. I have some of it, but just because you have your D license doesn't mean you can just automatically go out in these windy conditions oh, yeah. and or that you be should. fine. Yeah. yeah. Or if you but, want to. <laughs> but you know, you have a a better sense of what's going on and and how the canopy behaves, and you have a little bit more of an understanding of how things work and. You're, you're a little bit more experienced but other than that I mean you know it's it's nice to have the highest license because that's kind of rare I mean uh, that's that is cool so oh, and there's less than 60,000 right now in like the entire history I, I don't know Something exactly like what the statistics are but you know what we found out is even people that get into skydiving I would say that like 75-80% of people hardly ever get past 100 jumps to begin with once they oh, really yeah. start skydiving. No, majority yeah. of people don't get past like 20-50 or something. It's it's lower than 100. Yeah, so you know, even that, just the 100 jump mark is, is fairly rare and then as you continue going, you know, D-licenses, that's it's, it is fairly rare. Yeah. Um, now that does allow you to do stadium jumps. Uh, that's one thing. Yep, yeah. that's pretty cool. And uh, yep, also for tandems, you need your yeah, you need at so least you get, a D license. Yeah. Now, that, yeah. yeah, when when you want to get your tandem rating, um, you have to have a minimum of five hundred jumps. Three years in the sport. Right, three years in the sport. Which, which I'm <laughs> pissed at this bastard for. I mean, Jesus Christ, nine years in the sport. Oh so, my God. So, and we touched on this before. I did my first jump when I was 18. I'm 26 now. I'll be 27 later this year. So technically, I've been in the sport almost nine years. <laughs> so if I got to that 500 jump mark this year, technically, I could get my tandem rating if I wanted to. Yeah, people would frown upon you. Yeah. I, it's, right, uh, you got to pass your medical first. No. <laughs> well, I guess I'm fucked. <laughs> yeah, let's see about that. I'm not gonna get to the 500 jump mark this year. There's, there's no way. I'd have to fucking quit everything as much as I'd like to. But. See, but with me, I, I'm, I, you know, it's not too far off of a possibility of me getting no, it by the end of the year. Or you next know, realistically year. not. But I'll have to wait the full three years because I didn't skydive until this year, this past year. Bitch. I know. So. <laughs> no, then that's, you know, that's. That's just part of it, and that's it's a good thing because you want to have that experience. You want to have that time and input into everything, and it, it's it's a good thing that they have those regulations because you get more experience as you go along. Absolutely. And then now, 
what is the pinnacle, the top of the top rating you can get? Pro rating. The pro rating. The pro rating. So, you know, that's that's going to be your elite skydiver. So you have to get that refreshed every year. Um, yeah, you have It was an annual yeah, test. Yeah, there's a lot. of So everything you've had to do from here on, from the beginning, you know, you just have to know everything. You have to be there, you know, double fold. Uh, yeah, you have It was an annual test. Yeah, test. there's a lot of so everything you've had to do from here on from the beginning, you know, you just have to know everything. You have to be there, you know, double fold. Um, you have to really start learning your shit, um, and you have to be a really proficient skydiver and having examiners and people checking over you. Right. Um, uh, so that that's the dream, the pro rating. And how many jumps rating. is that? Uh, I believe it is uh, a thousand. Uh, I yeah, I, I don't remember off the top of my head, but it's you ha- you have to have at least a thousand. Um, but not a lot of people get it, and it's only really used if you're using going into doing uh, demo jumps, uh, which would be a dem- demonstration jumps, not demoing cam canopies. Um, so that's that's when you're landing into like stadiums or landing into like a really a parking lot you know or for an event or something um so not a lot of people are going to be going ahead and getting their pro rating uh d if you see someone with a d license that's pretty much top of the line as it is oh yeah you know and then if you have your pro rating that's just a whole another level but you know most people will get their a license that's pretty much what i would say most skydivers get your b license and you're starting to thin out the herd a little bit Oh, you thin out the herd quite a bit in D. Yeah. I, I don't even... I don't and then know. it just it just continues on. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's a few other rating... We can cut this out in a minute. I don't know where it's going with that. No, it's, it was good. Um, I think that's about it. What do you... So, uh, Kyler, what are your... What are your goals? What licenses... By the time you finish your skydiving career, your ratings, what what do you hope to have right now? So I don't I don't know. I honestly I'm a hundred percent where I don't really know what my goals yet are in skydiving. I'm still so new to it that it's still I'm still thinking about it. My skydiving career, I don't th- I don't really see it so much as a career, and it's it's a very perpetual thing. I never see it ending, so there's there's no limit to it, and I think that's what's great about skydiving in general is. You can limit to it, limit it as much as you want, or you can have no limits mm-hmm. in the sport. Um, I have no limits into it, and like I said before, you know, for me, it's something that I got into, and I didn't want to make it a career. And I still, I'm to the point where it's not necessarily what I want to do for a career. It's just something that's for me, and I love doing it. And it's it's literally one of the absolute best things in my life. But. You know, as for goals in it, right now what I'd like to do, I'm, I'm working on my B. I'm nine jumps away from my B, and I plan to have that B license at 50 jumps. I'm kind of taking it, you know, day by day, really. Mm-hmm. Um, after I get my B, you know, we'll see jump where... Jump by jump. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's really jump by jump. Um, whether I'm going to get my coach rating later on, you know, I, I haven't decided that far yet, but I never see myself quitting skydiving i know there's a point where i'd like to get to at least that like ten thousand jump mark um and it's a very perpetual thing for me i never see myself quitting or ending skydiving it's something you know that to me it brought life it brought liberation to me and that's why i want to continue doing it for the rest of my life i know a lot of people will get out of the sport because you know they started having kids or this or that for me it was like the complete opposite um I got into skydiving later on and that's what was so great about it for me is it just it kind of took me away from my everyday life and it's something that just really really loosened everything up for me and liberated me from everyday life and I love it and it's something I'll never ever quit but I don't have any set goals you know besides some like the small markers right now right now I'm just taking it more jump by jump I'm definitely going to get my B here soon hopefully within the next month and then I'm just going to kind of take it from there. But what are you what are you thinking? Well, you know, I, I'm kind of in your boat taking it day by day, but I have a bit more of a career approach to this sport. 
Um, I would really, really like to uh, build up a career in the sport. I, I really, I don't know what that's going to look like exactly, but I, I would love, I would love to go to nationals. You know, that's the dream. Okay, or, so that's know? that's another thing, and I'll add on to that. I we need to talk about this before. I definitely would like to get to the point where I'm doing nationals, yeah. and I think that's something that would be cool together. And I, I think know everyone dreams about that. You know? And nationals is like that's like you know you're top tier at that point. Yeah. Um, you're literally the best among the best. Yeah. But of skydivers, holy fuck! Right, but skydiving <laughs> is also becoming part of the Olympics here soon, and that's yeah, that's a total. is going to be in the Olympics. Yeah, and it's a total game changer for the sport in itself. Um, so you know, it's it's that whole kind of thing where there's there's no limits to it. Oh, yeah, I mean, you could you could be a DZO one day in your right, life, exactly. You know? Like you could. There's so much. There's so many different paths and avenues. You know, some people just get their tandem rating. They just pump tandems. That's all they do, and they love it. Farrell, before we close, I was curious what your um, take on is. Where do you see yourself going with it? Um, I love teaching, so I I really that's what I really enjoy. Um, the more I can teach, the more I can help someone progress on their path. That's rewarding and fulfilling for me. So that's really the avenue that um, appeals to me, and that's where I'm going to be headed. Just yeah. as a teacher. No, and that and that's awesome. And we're still so doing coach jobs. Yeah, there's so many different paths you can go down. Skydiving is so limitless. A sport that in a sport that's really freeing, you're you're just gonna find endless pathways, and you're gonna find a place for you. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. There's so many avenues that you can take while you're doing it. You know, you know, for for these two, it's it's their career right now, and and probably going forward it is too. For me, it's it's not like that. But there's so many avenues that you can take, and you might get into it and decide you want to go this way, or you might want to go that way. And there's, you know, there's just endless opportunity in the sport. And you don't even necessarily have to have high jump numbers, right? To so to speak, it. to actually even have a career mm-hmm. in yeah. skydiving. Hey, if you're good with computers, we got video editing. You're good on, you know, hard labor. We got packing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we got rigging even, you know. But, I yeah. mean, it, so there's all kinds of stuff that, you know, you, you don't have to have much as far as jump numbers to really have a career. Um, yeah, it's, it, it really doesn't matter about the jump numbers, and that's what's great about it. Like, you don't have to get your licenses at those jumps, and you don't have to get your ratings at those jumps. Yeah. Like Jacob said, you know, he's he's over 70 jumps now, and he's – he just now got his B license. It's not like you have to get that B rating, right? At at fifty jumps, or you don't. Ha- you just don't have to do things. And that's what's it's really great about it is it leaves you limitless. And I think limitless is really the best way to put it. It's a sport that is so freeing and liberating, and it's just endless, no matter how you're doing it or what you're wanting to do with it. Yeah, I thought for sure that there would be a limit to how much I was learning. Yeah. With but it's in not. regards to like packing and rigging, oh man, there's it's such a vast ocean. Yeah, there's yeah. literally it's it's that whole saying like you learn something new every day. Yeah, yeah, there's so much to learn, and and it, and that's what's so rewarding about it to it me. Is, yeah, because I'm constantly learning, I'm constantly growing. Yeah, I love that feeling. You know, I'm not, I'm not feeling like I'm stagnant in something. Right. You're just there, doing the same thing over and over. I really feel like in skydiving, there's no stagnation. You're, and I know you kind of touched on it before. Like you were, you were frustrated with where you were at. You'll, but, you'll hit a point where you feel like you're stagnating. But you're not. You know, it's 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 just it's more of a mental thing, and it's kind of mm-hmm. like the door monster. It is this mental barrier, but you're still learning constantly What's while you're the, doing it. What do it. you say the, about the sport? About percentages and mentality or physicality. So what I always say, and this this goes with life, this goes with skydiving. Anything you do in life is ninety percent mental and ten percent physical. Everything you do in life is always ninety percent mental. And if you can get past break away that mental barrier that you have, no matter what it is, yeah, your door monster, whatever it is in life, that mental barrier, you'll break away, and that's ninety percent just. Endless that really is. If you, you do, break past everything that ninety percent, that door monster, that oh, mental barrier, your options are just that's endless. awesome. That's a great way to and everything is limitless. Again, thank you guys so much for listening in. We're gonna do our shout out real quick. Again, thank you guys so much for listening in. We're gonna do our shout out real quick. Pull this guy up. Yeah, we're gonna be going ahead. I gotta pass so. 
Uh, if you want to go ahead and check out Ryan Bird, uh, so Ryan is here. He just came from uh, Ryan, Denver, baby. Texas. <laughs> yeah. So Ryan's fucking amazing. If you want to go check out his uh, Instagram, it's underscore R Y A N underscore B Y R D underscore. So it's underscore Ryan underscore Bird underscore. Um, amazing content go check out his instagram holy shit he has shit of him swooping his katana 120 he's he's about to become a tandem instructor yeah so. he's getting yeah he's getting that i forgot about that oh yeah he's he's awesome he's wingsuiting holy shit man amazing content he just came awesome over from guy. texas and he's now at our at our dz here in chattanooga great guy awesome awesome dude so go check him out Fucking give him a follow the fastest packer i've ever seen no Jesus. shit <laughs> yeah Big follow to him, and he's such a good dude. Um, thank you guys so much for listening in. We love y'all. Um, I'm Kyler Kianic. I'm Jacob Patty. This is Skydive Liberation. We're here with our audio engineer, Drew Beach, our video engineer, Farrell. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see you guys next time. Love you guys. <laughs>